0: Times you need help finding your way back to a memory. Micah Johnson. Hello, this is Alexis. And this is Kari. And you're listening to Lit Society, a show about the books and the dramas. Indeed.
1: How you doing? Welcome back
0: to another video episode. That's right.
1: If you want to see our faces, you can catch the video version of this show on YouTube. Hey girl. All right then. How's <laughs> it going? How has
0: your week been?
1: I can't complain. It's been great actually. Um there's some exciting changes coming to our shop. A new shop opening. Um okay. we have some deals going down. You know, we're movers and shakers. This shakers is season 3.
0: and movers. You
1: see we wearing our merch. I'm drinking out our cup. I got on our always book shirt. I see you with the plot twist shirt. Get Twat. all our items on the see. We don't have a Patreon, but you can support us by getting all this cool stuff we be designing on our shop. That's That's right. That's
0: right. Get into it. Get into it. You know, Kari, it's time for that little game we play called The Society Says. Oh, you ain't gonna tell me share... how you was doing? Oh, okay. Oh. Did you want to know? <laughs> yeah, I oh, okay. do. What's going on? Yeah, I heard okay, you going back to go. the office, girl? I am good. I am going back to the office. I mean, what? actually, I went back last week Thursday in the middle of a snowstorm. Can you believe it? <laughs> How did I pick that day? But I did. I was trying to be generous with my time since I was feeling better. Yeah, but now I'm back on full blast. Well. You know, I'm back to work. Can I'm just happy that? you're
1: feeling better. I think that's you know, COVID was really kicking our butt for a while. We did oh we did good though. Like we I pulled think so. through. Um but, yeah, you have a lingering cough and you weren't yep. feeling your best for a while. So I'm glad to hear you
0: doing good. Well, I guess we could run the positive of that. That's that right. Great. Yes. And yes. you guys,
1: Alexis is a little nervous because this this is the first wildcard episode she's produced. OK,
0: <laughs> oh, So boy. I just want to
1: share that so we can all calm down. It's going to be great. I can't wait.
0: Oh, I felt so much pressure now. Let's get on with the show. Uh-huh. Kari, let's do society says, okay? Let's do it. All right. So this is when we share your comments with the rest of our lit society. What comment, Kari? did you think was particularly lit? Yeah, I'm pulling this comment from
1: Dexter J 1219 on Instagram. He says, referring to a past episode. Yes, another amazing episode from Lit Society. I picked up a copy of Stamped yesterday. That's the book by Ibram X. Kendi, which we reviewed in season two, I believe. Anyway, back to his comment. He says, so that I could read it, along with copies of Born a Crime, Convenience Store Woman, and Song of Solomon by Toni Morrison. I'm really <laughs> enjoying the podcast. Keep up the good work and continue blessings to you both. Thank you, Ooh. Dexter, the homie. He'd be supporting us bro. all the time. Thank you, Dexter. We really appreciate it. And those are yes. all books we love, like Stamped um, by yeah. Ibram X. Kendi, Born a Crime by Trevor Noah, Convenience yep. Store Woman and Song of yep. Solomon. We love those books. Highly recommend. What about yeah. you, Alexis? Did you have a comment from these streets that you thought was particularly lit that you like
0: to share? Okay, yes, I did. And this is from Apple Podcast and it is by Blar Finger. Okay. I Blar think I got Fingar. that right. No, you're
1: definitely pronouncing that right. I,
0: <laughs> I found this and they said, I found this podcast recently after searching to see if there were any out there that discussed anxious people by Friedrich Bachman. Do you remember that book when we covered of it? I think it was in season one. And he said, well, they said, I could not have found a better one. I have listened to a few other episodes since then and have learned a lot and literally laughed out loud. Five stars. (laughs) Wasn't that wonderful? Thank you for that comment. Thank you so much. Yeah, we read all of
1: your comments. If they're on Instagram, Apple Podcasts, we check the ratings on Spotify. We don't really be on Facebook like that, but we can start for y'all. If y'all need us to, let us know.
0: I yeah, don't know. We don't really have once, time. No, every once in a while, I remind you. Every once in a while, I will go out to Facebook and, and take got, a lookers. And then I got to yeah.
1: remember how to log into Facebook. That's actually <laughs> my job. I don't know how to do it. Anyway,
0: thank you, Blarfangar. <laughs> Yes, yes, thank you. Remember, readers, to have your comments shared, message us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. uh, You know what Kari said, but I'm going to check. Or (laughs) leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and a five-star rating, okay? Nothing less. Talk to us. Talk to us (laughs) if you want to go less. A five-star rating on Spotify, okay? Okay, (laughs) let's do it. All right. So you know what, readers? The books that we're reading this month touch on memory, I, I would say, in some form or fashion. Yeah, Kyrie, What are some of the books that we're reading this month?
1: I've put on there, um, I Know Why the Cage Bird Sings. We haven't read anything by Maya Angelou, surprisingly. I feel like those are books, um, her whole like autobiographical series are books you read and Middle school or high school. And I want to revisit those as an adult and really get the meaning behind them. So, of course, that's going to talk about memory as she's remembering parts of her life. Um, I will say I put Death on the Nile on the list, and I'm not sure what that's about. It's another Perot, uh by the problematic queen, Agatha Christie. And then you have on there, um, you've put on our March list two books that definitely deal with memory. A Good Girl's Guide to Murder. And Still Mm -hmm. Alice by Lisa Genova, um, which has a movie adaptation I didn't know about.
0: Yes, yes. And I'm actually, look, I haven't watched that movie yet, but I am looking forward to watching that. And, you know, um, after reading Still Alice, I wanted to learn so much about Alzheimer's and how it develops and then memories and kind of how that works in the brain, because that book was so intriguing to me. So Lisa um has a TED Talk that I watched, and it talked about how Alzheimer's develops in the brain. And guess what? Lisa also happens to have a book called Remember that was released back in March of 2021. Oh okay. and so I said that's perfect. Mm-hmm. I could talk about memories as it relates to um the types of memories we have and and how a memory is formed and even a little bit about Alzheimer's as that um, people testing for that so let's have a little fun with that today
1: I'm really excited you know um the f- what we're doing new this uh, season is making the first episode of the month a wild card episode so there's no book but we're going to talk about topics that are covered in the books we love or the books we're about to read that we really want to learn about with all of you so I'm really excited to learn about memories how they affect us in real time and Alzheimer's is something that concerns everyone because even if you're not up in age you no doubt you have grandparents or parents and you know you're always checking like how come you don't remember that well you don't you remember that's one thing my mama hate when I say remember Don't you remember? I said it yesterday. You don't
0: remember. That'll drive people crazy. Well, I got something for you because you do that to your mama. And I probably do that to my mother, too. So I'm not going to hold you down to that because I'd probably do it, too. But anyway, if you're a longtime listener, you may recall an episode where we covered the theme how to improve your memory. And that was when we did Exhalation by Ted Chain in season one. Do you remember that, Kari? No, I am already
1: failing. (laughs) I I remember the book, but I don't remember us talking about how to improve your memory. I love that.
0: Yes, Yes, Kari, we did. You said you was going to work on them. I guess you weren't working on them. I say a lot on this show, didn't I just go take a nap? (laughs) <laughs> this episode is going to talk about memories again, how they're formed, the types of memories. And I'm going to include some examples from a film that I love. Disney's Pixar Inside Out. Kari? For those that don't know, can you tell a little bit about Inside Out what that story is about briefly? Yes, you. this is one of your favorite movies.
1: You made me watch it again yesterday <laughs> and it's a real real cartoon. You know how sometimes they be like cartoons, but they're not like cartoony. This is cartoony. Um, but it talks about a girl's development up into a point when things change as far as her family is concerned. They move. Um, so there's yeah. a new location, new friends to meet, old old friends to try to keep up with. And she's feeling like, um, you know, she's she's got all of these emotions inside of her. She's like 11 um, and she doesn't really know how to handle them. And it does a beautiful job at illustrating how our emotions develop, how complex they become with life's changes and how it can feel like all of your emotions are active at once and how frustrating it can be or when you don't feel anything at all.
0: Yes, especially that we don't feel anything at all. So I look forward to hearing what you want to add as it relates. But I have some very specific examples as it um, relates to uh, the book talks about core, excuse me, the movie talks about core memories. And I think that's closely related to what's called episodic memory. So we'll get into that shortly. Okay, but before cool. we dive into our understanding of memories, allow me to... Give you an assessment, Kari. And it's a mental, uh, excuse me, a mini mental screening that doctors use to identify red flags or to determine whether we're okay if we're concerned about some memory lapses we may have been having. All you need is a piece of paper and a pencil and we'll get started. Can you get that?
1: Yes, and I encourage our listeners to do this along with me. If I got to suffer, y'all got to suffer too. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Okay, I'm ready. All right, so here's the screening. I'm going to give you three words. Don't write them down. I'll let you know when you need the pen and paper. Okay. Ball, safety pin, driveway. Now, please repeat those words. Ball, safety pin, driveway. Okay, great. Now, the next thing I'd like you to do is draw an analog clock and point the hands to quarter after two you can make it as big or as little as you want, but it needs to be an analog clock, not a digital clock. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I so need my time, thing. teacher. Okay, yeah. quarter after two. Quarter after two. Okay, got you're it. You're gonna put it on the screen so we can see it. You know, share I'll that. I drew a it bit. on the an
1: anthropology ad. Okay, let me
0: just show. You. <laughs> yeah, I gotta be able to see it. <laughs> okay, you want to see it? Yeah. Okay, y'all. Uh, look, hour uh, after two. Where's your numbers, Kari? Where's your numbers?
1: All uh, clocks don't have. This is a Swiss, uh, fine Swiss timepiece that I had drawn.
0: <laughs>
1: now it's the Timex. <laughs> she could do
0: gone girl gone oh, and I'm, the way you wrote it it wrote looked it really wrong so wrong. people are going to be concerned about you your <laughs> mental health and well-being uh, your ability to remember things oh, God, yeah that everybody. people are going to be concerned about that kari just so you know, okay. Mm. Oh my
1: goodness! I promise I haven't been drinking. It's like <laughs> six o'clock in the morning. My brain ain't started. Oh wait, is that that's the I wrong know? one. Yeah, Here yeah, it yeah. Is. I, okay, I know. <laughs> if y'all
0: listening to this on audio, I know you tired of us. Hang in there; it's gonna get better. <laughs> yeah, it will. It will. Okay, <laughs> now, Kari, please repeat the three words I gave you originally: ball, safety pin, driveway. Excellent. I'm going to say you passed. I mean, there was a little <laughs> sketchiness with the. It's not drawings. an intelligence test, it's a memory test. <laughs> so, this detects again any memory lapses. It can identify them. And let me tell you how. So, with the memory, we got the three word recall. I gave them them initially and then uh, took a little break, maybe two minutes later, and asked you to repeat them. Well, drawing the clock helps us to, excuse me, helps them. I'm not a doctor, okay? (laughs) Helps the doctors or those making the assessment to determine spatial reasoning, executive function, and both of those you need to plan this clock out in your mind, right? Mm -hmm. Then you need recognition so you can picture the clock and then you have to put the hands in the correct place, which requires, again, executive function, motor skills, visual, spatial reasoning skills, and then again, the memory. So you were able to do that, which (laughs) gives you a little bit of success. (laughs) But I got another (laughs) assessment for you a little later. Okay. So keep your pen and paper there because we'll come back to it. Okay. So let's talk about how um memories are created. There are four basic steps to creating memories and the first step, Carl, do you happen to know anything about memories and how they're created?
1: No, I don't. I know um no.
0: <laughs> okay. All right, cool. So what I learned from Lisa's book on remember is that it's four steps and again, that's encoding consolidation, storage, and retrieval. So encoding is really grasping your situation that you're in, you know, gathering it all together and putting it in your brain. With me?
1: Yeah, I think so. Con-
0: mm-hmm. Consolidation is weaving that information together. So we've now grabbed information from what's going on around you and now your brain is weaving it together. Then you have storage and that's where the information is stored so you can retrieve it, which is the next step retrieval that's going in and gathering the information so you can then produce it in the form of the memory. All four of these steps are required. They must work in order to create a long term memory. And so this all takes place. And I'm sure you're familiar with the word hippocampus, right?
1: (laughs) Uh, No, I I went to Marquette. I wasn't on the hippocampus. (laughs) No. So (laughs) the hippocampus.
0: Why are you laughing? The hippocampus is where memory is stored. Long-term memory is stored. And it links all that information together. In the movie Inside Out, They refer to long-term memories a lot, didn't they? You recall that piece of it? Mm -hmm. There was even a big storage area of long-term memories where some gets um, moved out because they're not in use. That actually happens in the brain.
1: I love that. Wow.
0: It's called the hippocampus.
1: Yeah, it's called the hippocampus. The library
0: where the long-term memories are stored. Yeah. And we have two. There's one on each side of the brain. And again, both are needed. If your that hippocampus is damaged, you can't create new memories. Wow. And so Do when you, you keep first, your old memories, that's that long term storage is sitting there. But if you you can't create new memories. And I don't think the old ones stay very long either. Okay. There's a specific example in the book that talks about um, a person that had them both removed. So his long term memory wasn't stored there. And this was a long time ago. Very long time ago. He had
1: them removed like surgically?
0: Surgically removed. Ooh. This is back when that is considered. Well, that's when that was considered okay. But today it's considered barbaric. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. We want to refrain from that kind of stuff.
1: That's so interesting because you're telling me this is a physical part of our brain. And I'm thinking it's more like a, a vibe. Like the hippocampus is like... You know, that's where long-term memories get cocktails. They hang out, they talk to each other. (laughs) But you're telling me this is an actual part of our brains that can be removed, which is a practice we no longer do. I'm loving this. Okay, thank you. It's
0: it's very interesting. And so guess what? You know how... you go and queue and you're waiting to be handled or sent one way or another. Maybe if you're calling somewhere, well, our brain essentially has that same feature as it relates to memories. So when we first receive information, it hangs out in our prefrontal cortex as a um, working memory mm-hmm. as we decide what we want to do with that. Our brain makes that decision based on a few things. And this working memory is how we stitch one moment to the next. And it helps us understand the books we read, the magazines and the music we listen to. Um, It vanishes quickly. And as I mentioned, it's in the prefrontal cortex. And that is a short term memory holding spot.
1: Okay, this is like when, if you live in Chicago, you go to Restaurant Row and you like tell Ashaval, it's four people with me. They ain't with you yet, but you know, you got to say that. And they go, well, it's going to be a five hour wait. For real, Ashaval has told me it's going to be a five hour wait. So you hang out in the front knowing you ain't going to wait. You call all your friends. This is you developing books and stories throughout your life. And y'all all all wait around together. And then you like, "Mm, should we stay or should we leave? And you know you leaving just gone down to um portillos and stop wasting everybody's time. Exactly. It's really about? <laughs> just a holding spot. It's a holding spot mm-hmm. to either long-term memory
0: yeah. or forget forgetting it altogether. Exactly. This is exactly. Great. Isn't that cool? I I thought that was truly fascinating. Ooh, yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the types of memories that we have. Um if you were to think of maybe a memory that you've heard of, like people's, I don't know how to say this. They, it's a very common expression. Um, and I guess it's it's related to physical movement. Are you you picking up what I'm going with this? Okay. Mm-mm. I'll just give it to you. Muscle memory. Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. This is how we do things. Okay. Right. This memory allows you to do things like ride a bike, drive to work, play the piano, even walking about without thinking about it. Get we in do- a street fight. Yup, That. <laughs> okay. All right. Yes. <laughs> well, we can develop muscle memory through repetition and focus practice. Muscle memory, though, is not actually a muscle right? It's formed in the brain. It's formed in a different area of the brain than the hippocampus, okay? it's This memory area is where you get your motor skills from. Uh, muscle memories are really just unconscious and it's below your awareness, essentially. Okay, so the steps to the movement need to be linked together in a single retrievable memory. And these memories are formed in the basal ganglia, as I mentioned. Amazon on everything. Oh. <laughs> and they're not in our hippocampus because that's long st- uh, long-term retrieval. And the hippocampus, as I mentioned, is long-term retrieval, but Even though muscle memory is something you can recall if you think about riding a bike, you may go months, years without riding a bike, but when you jump back on it, you can remember. That's muscle memory, but it's not considered. Just walking
1: every day, that's part of
0: muscle memory. Mm -hmm. Exactly, but that's not considered long-term memory because it's a thing that we do. Oh,
1: yeah, we do that all the time. Mm -hmm. Sorry, you was on to a point. Mm
0: -hmm. And so the cerebellum, helps us to refine this again, another part of the brain. So it'll tell you how you make things better. So if you're say you, you got the Peloton, so you Mm -hmm. had to get on the Peloton and learn how to use the Peloton the right way. Right. And so in order to get the most, use your energy in the best way, you learn to keep your feet flat. You learn Um, to sit up straight, you learn when to go into second position, things like that. Or runners,
1: um, do things to use as little energy as possible to be more efficient in their running. And yeah, I can definitely see that. And Mm -hmm. the
0: cerebellum helps you, um, refine that skill or, um, yeah, that skill that you're learning to do. And then that memory sits in your motor cortex Okay, it has to be a physical skill, some physical something you're doing
1: with your body, your actual muscles, and it helps yeah. you to do it better, okay, mm-hmm. wow,
0: yeah, wow. and so if you think about um outliers, Maxwell, mm-hmm. um Malcolm Gladwell, right? Mm-hmm. He talked about that ten thousand hour rule, sure, right? Mm-hmm. And he did say, I think he said it in the book that that number is just kind of pulled from the it's just a number, does it? It doesn't have to be exactly 10,000 hours, but it goes to the repetition that requires to mastering that skill. Right. And that is muscle memory. In the film, do you remember an episode? Excuse me. In the film, do you remember uh, a segment where they talked about it? They kind of refer to muscle memory. Do you remember that? With hockey? Yes. With hockey. Mm -hmm. So in that specific example. So in the movie, Riley has lost her core memories and those core memories are tied to her personality. And one of her core memories was hockey. So fear, one of her emotions, was going to try and help her remember, right? Because Mm -hmm. the core memories were gone. He was like, well, she ain't go, she needs some help. So Mm -hmm. he was going to pull all the memories that he could think of about her playing hockey. And while (laughs) Riley was able to play hockey, she wasn't successful. She wasn't as good as she had been in the past. And that was because he couldn't fit those um, memories in there. And that Mm -hmm. function was the muscle memory. Now I'm going to talk about the the place, the hippocampus, and the memories that it houses.
1: And the hippocampus is the library where
0: the long-term memories are stored. Yes, that's correct. That's correct. This is, this is, so we're going to talk about the two memories um, that Lisa talks about in her book um, that are stored in the hippocampus. And the first one is semantic memory. And that is what we know. So if you think about things you know, maybe learned facts about your life, about the world, maybe your birth date. You weren't there when you were born, but you know the date you were told you were Mm -hmm. born. Mm -hmm. That's called semantic memory. It houses your personal data. And you can recall this information without remembering the details of how you learned it. Again, that example of birth, you learned that because you were told that. Mm -hmm. you weren't there.
1: Yeah, the first home you ever lived in, the address to that home you'll know forever, your first phone number.
0: Yeah, yeah. Those are things, that's data and it's disconnected from life experience. Um, This information is timeless and it's gained mostly through repetitions, repetition, stories that we are repeatedly told by others. They also fit this category. Oh, so So. our, our
1: address and our first number don't apply. They have to be something we weren't there to experience and we
0: learned it because we were told it. No, no. Stuff you learn because you were told is included in this, but you are also giving your phone number. That's not. And that phone number will still sit in this data driven location. It's not one of the other memories that we'll talk about and that you'll I think you'll appreciate a little differently. So that is semantic memory. It's considered what we know. Okay. The next memory, and this is my favorite one, is the episodic memory. What happened? This is personal. It always has to do with the past. These are memories that happen to you in life, remembered by you, and they're connected to a time and place. Kari, what do you think determines? What experiences are remembered? Mm. Oh, and what we choose to forget.
1: Ah, oh, that's a mm. song.
0: And what it's a <laughs> lyric from a song? And, you know,
1: you know, I really don't know what determines an episodic memory. Yeah, it has to make an impression on us. So we have to change in that moment in some way, maybe or be reaffirmed about something.
0: I it, love something,
1: it. something about it has to. Uh, really hit to the core of who we
0: are. Yes, exactly. So episodic memories need something that's not mundane, not routine, not the habitual events of our daily lives. As you said, they need to be meaningful, emotional, and they could include surprises as well. Life events that are infused with emotion are what we tend to remember long term. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And the more emotional the event, the more vividly and elaborately we remember. Emotion and surprise actually activate a part of our brain called the amygdala, which then stimulates, is stimulated and sends signals to the hippocampus and says like, you know what, something's happening here and I want to keep it. It's very cool. Mm. This is to me what Inside Out is calling core memories because they're developed her personality. Do you remember that, Kari? Yeah, of course. Um, Whether it be like when she...
1: celebrating at the end of a game she actually lost with her friends and her uh, parents or when her um, dad and her were playing around the house those are like all part of her core memories and they made up who she became who she was growing into
0: right and that's actually connected to another very specific memory called autobiographical memories and i'll jump back to that in a second each core memory as kari stated formed a different aspect of Riley's personality. So next within episodic memories is flashbub memories. Episodic in that they're shocking and they evoke big emotions, rather happy or sad. These are flashbub memories. Um, They contain a lot of vivid detail. For example, they might include where you were, the date and what you were wearing and who you were with. They can be very personal, but they can also be very public. If it's a public event, maybe say 9 you had to have a great deal of personal connection for that to be a flashbulb memory. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that when reminds
1: you- me. I thought about 9-11 or the day that Princess Di died. Yes. Or, yeah, when Aaliyah died or Left Eye died yeah yeah
0: and and so when you think about those moments what what do you what do you feel connected about that?
1: I just remember, like, for example, when Princess Diana died, we had gotten our first computer as a family that day yeah. okay. and um it was such a happy day, and I remember just being so sad that she died, even though I like didn't even know her, yeah, um, it was just really, really sad, and then um Going to nine eleven, I remember being at your mom's house and everything that happened um, that day and the confusion and all that. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's a flashbub memory. So let's jump back to that autobiographical memory I was talking about. This is the highlights reel. And it makes me think about... Um, You know, in movies where people had their life flash before their very eyes Mm -hmm. if um, if they're going to die or something, um, this is what autobiographical memory um, means to me. That's how I see it. Um, We tend to save these memories that feed our identity and our outlook. The things that make us laugh, the things that make us smart. We will remember the times that we displayed the intelligence, but we won't remember the times when we didn't. (laughs)
1: I feel like I remember the times I didn't and replay those more often. Like, dang, I'm dumb for real.
0: I think this is included, um, again, when they talk about the core memories. That's what I think are tied to that. That's that episodic memory that forms her um, core, her personality. Personality, Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So episodic, but the autobiographical form of that. Okay. All right. So here's a good one. As, regarding autobiographical memories, we remember almost nothing before the age of three and then very little below the age of six. Kari, what's your oldest memory?
1: I was five, first day of school and I got a popsicle when I came home. And I was like, I guess I'll go to school now because you oh, get popsicles wow. when you go. <laughs> and so- everybody was sitting on the porch waiting for me to come home. It was a very country moment, uh, even though we wasn't living in the country. <laughs> it was great. Were you mm-hmm. on the bus? Did you walk? How, how was, was that? I was on a school bus. And then when I got home, everyone saw like my whole family and friends of the family sitting on the porch. <laughs> And then the um ice cream truck came and I actually got something, which I never was treated to anything from the ice cream truck. Obviously, I'm still bitter about that. Obviously. Even though the ice cream truck was filthy, I just felt like I should I deserved a popsicle that day and I got
0: one. I'm so glad you were able to receive that popsicle. I really am. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um People have asked me, actually, I asked a few friends the other day about um, their oldest memory, and it was really touching to hear their young stories. Um, One person remembered as young as four years old. And so they turned around, of course, and they asked me and I was like, you know, I don't
1: you really always have. say you don't
0: have memories. Yes, I <laughs> always impossible. say that. But as I sat there and spit out those words, the memories came back to me. I remember I remember being in kindergarten and having a boyfriend named Billy. Dang, re- you was
1: fast.
0: <laughs> fast little kid. I remember being in first grade <laughs> and having to go to the coat room because of a tornado. Oh, I remember being in a school bus accident on the highway and that I believe was in third grade. And I say third grade because the next year I went to a school closer to what happened. (laughs) So those were my um, memories. But Kari, why do you think we remember so little below the age of three?
1: Um, I'm not sure it's useful for us. So our brain can only fit so much. And so maybe it's like, you already know how to walk and chew your food. I'm throwing this away.
0: Oh, (laughs) okay. I thought you were actually getting up to throw something. No, (laughs) No, that's our brain holding our memory. Like, you don't need this. You don't need this. Okay. Well, here's what... Uh, Lisa's book says, it says that memories are connected to the development of language in our brains, and that corresponds with our ability to encode, consolidate, wow. store, and retrieve episodic memories. We need language to tell what happened and to organize the details of our experiences so that we can revisit them and share them later. So, as adults, we only access memories that happen when we had our own language skills to describe them. That's
1: insane. So should we not teach kids two languages at a time?
0: No, because you know they are holding on to that, right? Yeah, they are, right? Okay, okay. I love that. That is so cool. Mm -hmm. So you need to
1: explain it to yourself before you can remember it. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) That's insane. Wow. Isn't that cool? What if you've never heard anyone speak languages? And so you've never learned a language. Let's say you were born deaf.
0: Um, How do you form those memories? So I thought about that. That's immediately what I thought of. But she doesn't address that. So I had to Mm -hmm. think about it myself. And Helen Keller knew how to communicate, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she did have a language and it says a language. It did not necessarily say words. It has a language. And she has a language in which she can communicate her experiences with others. Those other functions, her hippocampus is still working. She she has both of them. And the prefrontal cortex, her working memory is still Working, So mm-hmm. she can still receive that data and store it in those special places. Wow. That's, that's my it. take on it. That's my take on it. So, um, here's another question. Well, let me ask, let you know this between the ages of 15 and 30, we're said to experience the most episodic memories or, um, yeah, the most episodic memories So. That's when they all are developed. They call it the reminiscence spot. A time when we fill our lives with meaning. Kari, how many episodic memories do you think we have a year? A year? Ooh, 2,000. Ooh, that's a lot. That's high. (laughs) Most people remember 8 to 10. So we could have (laughs) 10,000, but most people only remember 8 to 10. If you thought back to your um, previous year... Previous twelve months, can you identify during COVID? No, (laughs) every day was the same. Yeah, and our brain does not connect with things that are mundane, routine. It doesn't. That's why no one can
1: believe it's twenty twenty two because twenty twenty like never happened. Yeah, you're right. Wow,
0: it does. Our brain doesn't want to hold on to that. It holds on to the things that are special to us. There are people, however, that can remember every single day. They can remember the routine. They can remember the mundane. And these people are called um, highly superior autobiography. They have, excuse me, a highly superior autobiographical memory or HSAM.
1: They're also narcissists they like, everything I'm doing is so important. I got to document this, <laughs> either internally or
0: externally. I ate bread today. And they can bread, recall <laughs> that from childhood. Um, one person, there's an actress, and she's, um, she. you remember the movie Taxi? Maybe you weren't there when it came out, but you ever heard of the TV show Taxi? Mm-mm. Um, what's his name? He pay, played... Um, the penguin in a Batman movie.
1: Yeah. Uh, Danny DeVito. <laughs> he is in
0: that TV show. Okay. Also, that this help, woman but, yep. <laughs> that has the H. Um, H. Sam memory. Uh-huh. She was in that movie and um, TV show on yeah. that TV show. I'm sorry. <laughs> so. But our memories can be jogged. We can be helped to remember some things. just like we just did. I gave you, I'll remember this, that, and the other, and you were able to come up and you jogged your, that jogged mm-hmm. my memory, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> a little help. We need a little help, as our poet at the beginning said. So let's talk about memory recall. Our memories aren't accurate, and they become less <laughs> accurate with each recall and each consolidation. Do you believe That's so that? True. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I yeah. love
1: the part in Inside Out when uh, they're on the train and one of the two of the carts fall over and one cart says facts and the other says opinions and she's like they look the same. He's like just put them in either <laughs> bin, it
0: don't matter. <laughs> but also in that um in that same segment of the movie Joy and Sadness and Djangles are on this train of thought to headquarters when Django sees a memory that shows how um, big Riley had gotten. Remember, mm-hmm. and you mentioned it a little earlier. Joy sees the memory and recalls that it was the the time that she was in the Riley was in the twisty tree when the hockey team showed up, right? Mom and Dad were cheering. Everybody was cheering. They were fun. They were laughing. It was a great time. But mm-hmm. sadness recalled that memory. And she said the reason they were in the twisty tree was because Riley's hockey team lost the playoff game because Riley missed the winning shot. Riley felt awful and wanted to quit. And so we can replay back memories and get the and talk about what was important to us, even Mm -hmm. though that's not actually what happened. So there's our memory um, playing a little trick on us and. Maybe we're having a conversation with someone and they were there at the time of this episodic event Yeah, and they remember something different and you're like, I don't remember that. Mm -hmm. But if say you and I are at the same event, I'm going to pay attention to things that you're not going to pay attention to. We're not paying attention to the same things. So my memory is recording things that your memory isn't. So we're going to have different stories the different Mm -hmm. pieces of that.
1: Mm -hmm. Both truthful, but both different. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. And then the longer we retell these memories, sometimes we add stuff. And we Mm -hmm. think like they lying. But no, our memory has (laughs) (laughs) inserted some things over time. (laughs) And we believe those things to be true. I got friends like that. They...
1: Retell stories in such a fantastical way. I know they don't know they're lying, but everyone else knows this can't be what really happened the way you're describing
0: it. I don't know. Well, <laughs> why don't we take a quick break? Because we've talked about all the types of memories that I'm going to share. And then we'll come back and talk about a few other things that come up when we talk about memories.
1: Are we going to play another game? Yes. Yay. Okay, <laughs> let's take a break. Okay. <laughs>
0: game Kyrie? yes the most all right so this is a a little question and answer game um so i need you to write these down i got these okay. questions from lisa's book and then we'll come back to them shortly so you're going to write good. down the answer to these questions okay okay first question what is the capital of spain don't tell me just write it down there are 10 questions and you don't have to uh, share this on the screen. You can just write them down. Okay. Got it. All right. Uh, who is the lead singer in the band Queen? I have got some it. of these, got some of these questions, not all of these questions from her book. Uh-huh. Good grief. Uh, third question. How close is the earth to the sun? Got it. Fourth question. Who wrote... Secret window, secret garden. What? Well, it's right on the tip of my tongue.
1: Ooh, ooh. I only know his first name. Okay.
0: <laughs> In what city is the Colosseum? Okay, got it. Question six What planet is second closest to the sun? Okay, got it. Who wrote Mm -hmm. the Black National Anthem? Okay, got it. What was your first grade teacher's name? Okay. Who played Sinclair James Jones on the TV show Living Single? Okay, got it. And our final question, who painted the Starry Night? Okay, got it. All right. So set that aside. And I'm going to just share with you a couple things that come up when we talk about memory. Okay. So when we, um, when I, I told you I talked to some friends and asked about their memories, oh, it's just a memory that's so touching. Anyway, one of them said, but what about deja vu? Are you familiar with deja vu? Of course. Yeah. Um when I thought about it I was like yeah I I know deja vu but she doesn't talk about it in the book. Okay. So let's talk about it. Deja vu is when you had that when you have that feeling that you've done something before or you lived through a situation before. Maybe mm-hmm. you heard something before. Mainstream science identifies it as a neurological anomaly related to epileptic Um, electrical discharge in the brain, and migraines can also be associated with deja vu. They say there are two types of deja vu. That's pathological deja vu, which is associated with epilepsy or uh, hallucinations, and they may be an indicator of a neurological or psychiatric illness. Um, I think that psychiatric illness part is quite debatable. Mm -hmm. Non-pathological deja vu by perceived healthy people, they say people who travel often or frequently watch films are more likely to experience deja vu than others. So when I think about this, as a youth, I didn't fit into any of those categories. I mean, I, Mm -hmm. I could have a mental... Illness, (laughs) Illness. <laughs> Good. Um, but I didn't have one identified. So I don't see myself. And I experienced these quite a bit in my youth. As I gotten older, I haven't experienced them. I can't even recall the last time I experienced them. So that was interesting to me. Um, but they did say, and this is where I feel like I came in. People tend to have experienced deja vu if they're in a fragile condition or they're under high pressure. And mm-hmm. research shows that exp- the experience of deja vu decreases with age. So mm. there's, I feel like, is where I fit in. Mm-hmm. And, and it does. I, I got to say, I just I cannot remember the last time I had an experience of deja vu. How about you? Can you remember
1: no, but um, I, too, used to like experience it pretty often. I remember being on a bus with you in Italy and I woke up and I felt like I was in Wisconsin mm-hmm. and it looked like Wisconsin. Oh, wow. <laughs> and okay. it felt like everything we were doing, I had already done it in Wisconsin. Oh, <laughs> wow. It's really
0: random, but yeah.
1: But no, I can't remember the last time I experienced deja vu. Okay. Okay.
0: Another thing people um, talk about when it relates to memory is mind pop. Um, Does that sound familiar to you? No, I've never heard of that. Mm -mm. Um, I think that it may be um, a more um, European word for it. When I looked it up, I came to a European site. That's why I say that. Um, when a memory, that's when a memory comes out of nowhere. Surely you've had that experience, right? Sure, yeah. And you're like, what why am I even
1: thinking about that? Like the commercial and the jingle that is always yes, popping in her mind. Yeah. <laughs> inside
0: out. And the people that were helping clean up the memories. They was like, yeah, yeah. we just love to throw this one. Just pop it out of nowhere. <laughs> I thought that was really cute. But psychologists have observed that people that do experience these involuntary memories, they do so about once a day and most likely during routine or habitual activities. Mm -hmm. They're more likely to come when our attention is um, not focused. Yeah, I can see that. Mm -hmm. And it's also noticed that they don't come from nowhere. A lot of times they don't come from nowhere. If the person mentioned it to someone around them. So say you had that, it's just something, where'd that come from? Yeah, I yeah. might say, oh, it was just on the TV a few minutes mm-hmm. ago. And you were like, I don't remember that. I didn't see that. But you could have been in another room. So that just really goes to show that our brains are always recording and it's recording more information than we know.
1: Wow, that, re- that really makes me think too, what am I allowing to exist in my atmosphere because my brain's taking it in whether I realize it or not. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mind pops can occur in weeks, um, months after the person has been exposed to the word song or whatever it is, because your subconscious is picking that up, even though you didn't hear it. Another thing that people talk about and it's covered in Lisa's book It's the tip of the tongue. And you were so kind enough to say, oh, it's on the tip of my tongue as you were (laughs) writing down your responses. (laughs) So that was actually perfect. So those are things you know,
1: you know, but you can't. Pull it from where you know it should exist. Yes,
0: exactly. And that's okay. (laughs) That truly is okay. Um, You know the answer. You can't. It's on the tip of your tongue. You can see maybe the person's face. You can't recall their name. You could describe what they're wearing. You know so much, but you cannot (laughs) say the words. With (laughs) that in mind, why don't we get the responses to your questions?
1: Here we go. I'm ready.
0: All right. The first question was, let's get back to that. What is the capital of Spain? Madrid. Correct. Who is the lead singer in the band, Queen? Freddie Mercury. How close is the Earth to the sun? Mm, a couple miles. <laughs> <laughs> the answer is 91.4. And so the key is not that you knew all the answers to that. There, I knew there were some that you would not be able to answer. And there would uh, thank be you some for your faith. that you would be able to answer <laughs> right off the top. And I just wanted to yeah. find at least one that you would have that moment where you said, Tip of the tongue, so that was um, perfect. But I will keep going for the answers, um, and not because, because I felt like you would know the majority of these. It's just some oh. pieces I didn't think maybe you just mastered or retained that information. That's more what it is. This okay? is how your
1: friends tell you you stupid. I thought you would know the um, Lee Singer Queen, but you know science and stuff. I didn't. I knew you wasn't gonna know that, baby.
0: Thank you. You're right. <laughs> oh, it's actually ninety one point four. And you know me, if you would were Let me test. D- hey, brain, don't even hold on to that information. We'll never need it. 91.4 million miles away from the sun. So good um, for the sun. Stay yeah. away from us. We trash. And you mm-hmm. know, if you were testing me likewise, I would not have gotten any of these answers. They would all been the on the mm-hmm. tip of my tongue, you know, and experience shows and uh, the readers. No, they just not. <laughs> So I'm glad you're being tested and not me. (laughs) Who wrote Secret Window, Secret Garden? Stephen. Yes. And his last name is on the tip of a tongue. King. King. Stephen King. Yeah. I'm glad this is the one because that's the one I was hoping it would be because the name is for me is a little different, but I'm glad that worked out. Okay. Anyway. (laughs) And what city is the Coliseum? Rome. And what planet is second closest to the sun? Mars. Venus. <laughs> Who wrote the black? They're all the same. <laughs> <huh>? They're not. <laughs> Who wrote the black national anthem? I have here. Uh, Yo Mama. <laughs> <laughs> I know it. Look at
1: me, voice and sing but I don't know
0: who wrote that I have here your mama but that's not true Y-O-M-O-M-M-A James Wendon Johnson thank you JJ and what was your first grade teacher's name I don't know I think it's Mrs. Merrick but I don't really know yeah it's okay uh, <laughs> and then who played Sinclair James Jones on the TV show Living Single I wrote here one of the
1: Kimberly's <laughs> <laughs> That is true.
0: Right. That is true. Kim <laughs> Cole. Yep. Mm-hmm. Kim
1: Cole. Oh, no. Yes,
0: yes. And who painted <laughs> the starry night? Van Gogh. That's right. Vincent Van Gogh. So. Hey, catch his dance. Catch his dance.
1: Oh, come on, don't hate you. Hey. Okay. I- I- <laughs> okay,
0: all right. That's all I got. I, I, <laughs> that was fun. What do I get? Yeah, so you don't get anything. It's <laughs> oh, really it's just a time. A, a, an <laughs> opportunity to test the tip of the tongue. That's what it was. And it worked out. Yeah, that's really Stephen cool. King. I knew, but I didn't know. But yeah. I knew. So let's, so just so you know, tip of the tongue does not mean you have Alzheimer's or on your way to it, but they do increase with age. (laughs) So the older you get, you'll have, you're more likely to have more of them, but it doesn't mean you have Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's is very specific. You can't find your keys. Maybe you find them in the refrigerator, but when you get (laughs) to your keys, you don't know what they're for. So that's very specific to Alzheimer's. A lot of the memory lapses that we have are just part of our brain process. One of the things that um, help us to actually, let's just go into that. I want to talk finally about tips for capturing more episodic memories. Okay. Oh, I love this. Yes. And -hmm. then just a few reminders for improving your memory. So. Get out of your routine. So as I mentioned, the brain does not care about routine, habitual stuff. You brush your teeth every day. So unless you brush your teeth and some animal comes out of your mouth, you're not going to remember that. It's a routine thing. Mm -hmm. If you eat the same thing for breakfast every day, your brain's not going to remember that. It doesn't care. It's not worth holding on to. So another suggestion, look up. Disconnect from devices. They say they serve Mm -hmm. as a distraction from um, really holding on to memories. Feel it. Another tip, feel it. Be emotional about things or not emotional in a bad sense, but just feel your Mm -hmm. experiences. And that will allow your brain to say, yep, that's something we want to keep and hold on to. Mm Rehash it, reflect on your experiences and that will help your recall. And a favorite of ours that we come back to, guess what? Journaling. If you write mm-hmm. down, you're more likely to remember it. So keep a journal. And here's a tip, even though we said disconnect from devices, but social media is a good source for cataloging your memories. It serves as a... Um, or you could use a photo album if you're not on social media. You can just grab that and inf- go back and look at that information and you can see what happened or videos, that kind of thing. And One thing I've heard, too, as a tip is to keep a happy box. So fill like a shoebox
1: with oh. things that make you happy, cards that you've received from people who love you, f- printed photos of you um, spending time with people who love you. Uh, things like that. And then uh, when you forget or you're having a down day, you can always go back to that literal
0: happy box. Oh, I like that. And cheer yourself up. I like that. That's pretty cool. Another thing, life vlogs. Now, does that sound familiar to you, Kari? Life vlog, like on YouTube? (laughs) Yeah, like a vlog. Oh, Mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what this immediately made me think of? Exhalation the actual story that um, you talked about there, remember that book was about a bunch of short stories but there was yeah. one specific story that you kind of followed the tale on and that was the, the one with the father and the yes, daughter mm. yes yeah. so that made me think of that book um, In that book I think it was called Reman there was this thing that recorded those memories and you can go and get those memories yeah yeah so that's the thing you could do life logs Um, And then the most simplest thing that we can do to um, preserve our memories um, for purposes of Alzheimer's, as well as for just um, keeping them or saving some long-term episodic memories is getting enough sleep. That is like the biggest contributing factor. They say seven to nine hours is needed for our brain to go through a process of cleaning out things um, within our synapses that contribute to um, Alzheimer's. And it's a Mm. buildup of that, a buildup of, I think it's called um, amyloid beta, And so when this amyloid beta builds up in our synapses, then we're not, it's because we're not getting enough sleep. It's not enough of that. It's being cleaned out every night. So if we get a a lot or enough sleep that our body can clean out or our brains can clean out enough of that, we're um, at a better risk of not uh, getting Alzheimer's disease. So sleep is Mm -hmm. important in a lot of things that we do. So- Mm -hmm. That's it, folks. That is memories. car do you have any specific questions or um Can about I anything just we learned? You
1: did an amazing <laughs> job producing this show. This is the most edifying episode of List Society I've ever been a part of. I'm going to go back and listen to this. I'm going to listen to your tips and just hearing how our mind works. It's so cool. Isn't what it? an amazing design! yeah our brain alone really is. I love it yeah you're you're awesome. this was great. <laughs> Thank you. I was on the edge of my seat. For real. I feel like I should have taken notes, but I'm going to go back and listen to this episode. So that's thank okay, you.
0: That's okay. And you can also <laughs> read the book. You can also read the book. It's called no, Memory. No, just go back and listen. Okay. <laughs> By uh, Lisa uh, <laughs> And of course, we're covering her book next week. So we'll talk more about her background when we go into that. And then the book that we're covering still, Alice. And hopefully everybody be prepared to talk about that. So Yes, I can't wait. So what are we reading next week, Alexis? Still Alice.
1: (laughs) Right on the heels of the wild card episode. I love it. It'll be fresh in the brain. It'll be
0: fresh in the brain. So that does it for us this week. Okay. Thank you for listening to Lit Society. We look forward to meeting up with you next week, Thursday. Lit Society is brought to you by Alexis Anaria and Kari Herrera supports the cause by leaving a five star that's ten stars but you know five star review for our show on Apple Podcast along with a comment about why you absolutely love us and don't forget you can still leave a five star review on Spotify If you've enjoyed what you just heard, tell a friend about Lit Society. Visit litsocietypod.com for show notes, this month's book list, and to sign up for our amazing email newsletter. And until next time, readers, read something. Read something.